0: Thank you, Slackers, for joining us this week. We apologize for being a little bit late, but stick with us. We've got an awesome episode ahead, and we look forward to uh, sharing with you. Pizza. Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad Madison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go.
1: Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I am doing great, Addison. It is a beautiful day outside. I'm sitting in a room with you. Rain's pouring down and we're in here recording together. How is Addison doing?
0: I'm uh, quite well, minus the rain. I'd I'd like to be a little bit nicer, even more so than usual.
1: We need covered parking.
0: Covered Covered motorcycle parking? I'd have ridden all day. Well, I'd have at least ridden here, left it there, and ridden home at the end of the day.
1: To be clear, we're wanting it at work, but that's beside the point, potentially. Yeah. So, well, what's uh, what's going on that's new in your life right now, Addison? You know, not too much. Not too much? I doubt Turns that. out
0: I'm, I'm back on the Triumph bandwagon.
1: <laughs> How did that happen? You know,
0: once you ride a Triumph, you can't go back.
1: This is a different triumph, It though. is a I very mean, different it's bike. It's running in your blood, but what is it?
0: What did you do this time? So, everyone knows what the topic should be, if you've listened to last week's. But, we'll get into this first. I uh, made a stupid... Well, it's debatably a stupid choice. Didn't need a bike, right? Everyone knows I've got the uh, the chicken wing. And everybody knows and I'm the building gladiator. the Gladiator. As well as many other bikes. Don't worry about those. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... I. Uh, Those those '80s bikes are, you know, in the middle of some service, costing a little bit of money, and a buddy basically let me know that he had uh, he had a friend that was looking to sell a Triumph. That's about all the information I got. He had a daily commuter Triumph, um, and he wanted to know if I was interested. And you know, as a motorcycle guy, I'm always interested. Doesn't mean I'm going to be able to buy anything, but let me know what he's got. Tell me more. Talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I get the information. Turns out it's a 09 Street Triple. Okay. Okay. Which, in honesty, I hadn't really spent too much time doing any research or looking at. So, it was what it was. Uh, But basically, got in contact with the guy that was selling it and kind of asked a few questions. Worked out a deal. And basically, everything worked out perfectly for both of us. I I think he was really happy to, to not have it sitting in his garage. The weather had been nice last weekend.
1: In fairness to your comment, I think he it. just really wanted you to go for a ride with him.
0: And uh, well, and then he had replaced it with the newer version. So, uh, oh, what was it? It's the new. Uh, it was actually the uh, the Speed Triple RS 2019. Ooh, okay, so that, okay. I, I gotta tell you, side by side, that the new TFT display, the new features on it, feature wise, it is a very impressive
1: vehicle. So how much do you think the sticker price changed between those new
0: new? Well, it's a very different bike, right? The, the speed triple uh, okay.
1: is a little bit bigger
0: engine. Um, it's generally more option. The speed triple is the okay track day that will kill the streets. kind of a, a bike. The street triple is the detuned ready to just basically be, you know, a, what do they call it? A street fighter bike.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: you know, so the sticker price between the two was fairly different by a few thousand dollars. New, um, obviously used to new is a little different than that. But uh, yeah. nonetheless, everything worked out. So, you know, I drove down there and rode home on a Yeah, you yeah. told your wife to just unused. leave you there.
1: You knew that you were riding home with it before fired you even it looked up. at it, really. Well, I, I looked at it, walked yeah. around it,
0: fired it up, you know, looked at it, everything that could go wrong. Everything was working great. The chain was clean. I know that was a The chain was clean. Everything was polished on it. I mean, clearly it was very well taken care of. This guy clearly loves his bikes, takes great care of them. Everything just, it checked all the boxes very quickly. So without riding it, I kind of just told my wife to head home. And I said, yeah, I'll take it for a quick, you know, handed him cash. Said, I'll take it for a quick spin just to make sure. And he said, hey, I can get the new one out and we can both go. So we ended up going for a good 40-minute ride. Uh, had a lot of fun, and then I uh, had even more fun riding it home from there.
1: Okay, so on the XSR when you took it for a test ride and you actually opened <laughs> it up, right, uh, you lifted the front tire and got trouble. Now, did you ever have a moment in this one where the front tire left the ground? I mean, this is a different bike. This is not the same as any other bike that you've owned.
0: It's not the same. I didn't play that game. The roads are pretty cold. The tires were cold. At least we quickly were up at
1: 40 miles per hour. You never surprised yourself is what I'm saying by doing that. I didn't.
0: Okay. In in fairness with the XSR, I surprised myself on purpose. I mean, I cracked the throttle as hard as I could, but it was a nice summer evening or afternoon, right? Okay. This was a little, it had just rained a couple days ago. The roads were cold. I know enough people, and, and Brad, you know someone specifically that I'm thinking of that have gone down by cracking the throttle too hard without in in the wrong conditions right right um and really hurt themselves yeah it wasn't worth it especially on a bike that i didn't technically own yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) wasn't worth you know it's one thing on a demo bike where if anything happens it's insured by someone else and and the corporation takes care of it and i'll get you know blacklisted from the next demo day but what's the point the point of trying it is trying it right yeah
1: so while we're talking about the xsr XSR, what what's going on here? You were you were so excited about getting and that it, bike, and now all of a sudden, you didn't. I mean, what's going on here? What's going through your mind? This is a two-point conversation. Two? One, for all of my
0: checkboxes, I will still argue that the XSR checks them better. Okay. There's a couple things. I think it handles luggage better. I think it would handle a windscreen better. Mm-hmm. So for the touring checkbox, the XSR is a better bike. Okay. Um, for well, and for some checkbox, it doesn't. For track day checkbox, I'm going to say that the street triple is so planted and so firm and so tight in its build that it's likely a much better track
1: bike. I don't know. You only rode the one, the XSR, one time. That's twice, fair. twice. Technically, but shorter durations of time. You've now ridden this one longer than you. Have That's ridden That's debatable. The XSR.
0: Even. I mean, I've ridden it for. Maybe 100 miles. So, yes. You rode it. They don't go on 50-mile demo rides. They do about a 15-mile. So, I've done 30 miles on an XSR. My point exactly. Okay. But what I'm saying is enough to see if the bike is a little rattly and a little loose. You could tell on the XSR. Okay. And I can tell you on this bike, nothing felt loose. Okay. It's very solid. And I was immediately taken aback by that. Especially for... The age of the bike, I right. mean, it's significantly older than the XSRs I've looked at. Sure. And for the price point that I got it, it, it was surprisingly nimble and tight. And I, I was very impressed by that. So when it comes to checking all the bosses, boxes, it doesn't quite hit them all as well as the XSR. But when it comes to checking price box, there was no XSR on earth, at least that isn't in you know bent in half at that price point. Okay. And and that right there was an easy decision that it will do the same highway, right? When it comes to the basic checkboxes, it's a pretty even game. I know it's, you and I talked about it a lot. It's likely more comparable to the FZ09 or the XSR700. I appreciate you. In engine size and class maybe. Weight and everything. But performance wise, it's right up there. It's got about the same horsepower. It's just Mm -hmm. a couple horses shy of the XSR900. Sure. It's thirty horses above the seven hundred. I mean, when it comes to seat of the pants feel of the bike, it's in. It, you would could not compare the seven hundred to this bike. Okay. I mean, it is a different world. It's been the triple to the twin. I mean, the way it reacts, the throttle control, smooth smoothness of the fueling. It is a very fin-finish, different bike. Finish. Finish. I, I mean, that's yeah. even the nine hundred. It, it doesn't compare. Yeah. Right. So.
1: It's about the displacement that I had a lot of fun on personally, so I could see you really enjoying that. So I'm glad you got a bike, but I have a feeling that the XSR is still going to be a discussion point at times moving forward. Sure.
0: I think the XSR and or basically an XSR FJ09'd out or tracer out, right? Add some good bags, some high quality bags, a little bit of good customs, to make it more of a touring bike, I think the SSR is still a better touring
1: bike. Okay, so what's the first thing that's going to change? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't want to get into this today. I know that we had a topic, but this is a big event, so I have to apologize <laughs> to anybody out there. We're definitely derailing from that, talking about this motorcycle. But what's the first thing that you're going to change there's on this bike?
0: much. I mean, the, so the exhaust note on it, I can tell that there's... Obviously, it's heavily baffled stockpipes. Sure. But it, it's great. So you know different slip-ons would be awesome but at the price point i got it and for what i want to use it for i don't think it's worth the investment as it sits if uh you know if after the first year i'm finding I, i still want to hear it more then we'll talk about it um it does need some form of windscreen in my opinion at least for this year's trip i think on longer trips i mean you're just wide open in the air and it's, so it's are you thinking, thinking of the scrambler something short
1: was. like the Scrambler, or are you thinking yeah. something a little bit larger? No, some,
0: something shorter enough to, to still mimic the style of the bike a little bit. Okay. Um, and then a tail tidy is probably pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I will look at what I can do to build one in the next near, very near future. Okay. Um, what's entailed there, where the mounting points are, try to understand that rear end so I can put the... With the license plate a little higher up right now, it's got that little stinger off the back that is, I mean, it's required for European legal reasons. You have to have your license plate out the rear of the tire and and fender, but it does not look that good. (laughs) It clearly was put there just to meet that checkbox. And all it would really require is remounting the same signals and remounting the license plate. And right. It would be fairly simple to make a bracket that should work. So I think I can do that myself pretty quickly. I don't yeah. think there'll be too much time frame on that. Um, I hear, and I haven't done anything more than you know, a 40 minute trip and then another 40 minute trip home. Um, I hear the seat for longer trips could use some work so we'll take a look at that I'll do a couple long trips see where the seats at okay sergeant makes a really nice seat for it already basically off the shelf yeah it's significantly more comfortable as far as everybody says sure sure so that option is available if I need it um, basically windscreen probably tail-tidy and uh, and a seat is really uh, some luggage it's gonna you're, need you're some not gonna form change the mirrors uh, the mirrors, yeah, the mirrors. Right. Are I'm bit, surprised that didn't make the fair. list
1: as number one. That kind of stands out. The the tail tidy or the fender eliminator, whatever it may be called in that case. Um, I could see that, but the, the mirrors, I, I, yeah, they're okay. It's functional. They're functional, functional and they're not horrible. They're it's a bit bug eye, yeah, and they're not. What about the headlights?
0: Ideal. I like the headlights.
1: You actually like the. Head I headlights? I like the round.
0: I don't like the ovals in the next gen of the. But it's. I just up. see that
1: being the easiest way to make a. A huge difference in the appearance of that bike. Not saying that it's horrible. Sure. You're not. You don't see yourself changing that.
0: No, I like them. They're bright. They're they're. I so when I went and picked it up, it was nighttime. Mm-hmm. They're bright. They're clear. Uh, they're kind of these. You know, I mean, they're they're two. I think they're probably what seven inch cans. Yeah. Two seven inch chrome head. I mean, it's the same thing you put on a classic. But there's two of them.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, I kind of like it. Okay. I, now the oval, like transformery-looking, you know, angry eyes or whatever you want to call more modern street bikes. Yeah, I'm not so much into when there's dual headlights, but the two round cans, I'm kind of into. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. To uh, I'm sure I'm sure when we have Dennis on next, he'll mention it. But to his point, they they bring a certain sexiness to the bike.
1: Okay, I could see that.
0: So I, I'm okay with that. I mean, really for the short term there's not much that i plan to change the bike is in great condition it's all stock there's a certain benefit to leaving it that way right To just you know riding it as it is keeping up on cleanings on service it may need a chain and sprockets here i soon. you were gonna soon. say
1: that whether it actually needs it or not but okay. that's
0: about the only thing that isn't brand new on it i mean the the gentleman that had it last you know service was done recently new tires it really will only need a chain and sprocket in the near future. So not a lot of reason to spend money on anything else at the time being, um, especially since I didn't have a lot of reason to get the bike other than be better off than I expected to be. Okay. You know, at the the opportunity that it was, I, I didn't expect to have quite as nice of a bike for this year's ride. Right. So, I mean, it was one of those, you know, I'd be dumb not to take it situations. Well, and you still could take the chicken wing. I still could, yeah. No, but I mean, dumb not to take that offer, right? Okay. Dumb not to make the deal. Okay. I think it was it was an awesome opportunity. I think, you know, I, within it, we've we've already talked about setting up some rides this summer. Me and the gentleman that sold it. So, you know, I think it was a great opportunity, great networking event within the motorcycle community. It was it was just all so around. So you told them about excellent Radio. opportunity.
1: Yeah. Okay, so he has. He very well could be listening. Oh, hey. <laughs> but it's.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool opportunity, a pretty pretty amazing bike. Uh, the reviews are are very, I don't know, best, uh, not emotional in the way that you would think, but people have a very visceral connection to this bike if you look at people that have owned them.
1: Okay.
0: Um, just with regards to how they ride, and I'm kind of understanding just because the engine note is very different. It's not quite a a sport bike wine that you would expect. It's definitely more grunty, a little deeper. Yeah. Um, and the feel on the bike, it really does feel connected. I mean, it feels like, you know, there's nothing between you and the road. Whatever right. you do, the bike will follow exactly where you want it to. There's sure. no, you know, there's no sloppiness. Even with the scrambler, because it was a bit set up for off-road, you hit a corner and, and if there's a little bump or something going on, it's a little, it gets sloppy quick Right. to where you don't want to really push the limits because it's not confidence-inspiring. This thing, I mean, you got to be careful because it inspires – my first heavy corner was – You know, it was hard not to be stupid because it was just it was so confidence inspiring I shouldn't say hard not to be stupid but it would be easy to forget that you're doing something dumb if you're not paying
1: attention I think that's the same exact
0: I guess but you know what I mean but it's more of a mindset right you got to remember that the importance of riding skills and what you're doing and what you should be doing on the bike when you're on it because it just makes you know track day for example where you can be doing that stuff and should be doing that stuff because the road is ready for it would be very confidence-inspiring.
1: Right. So it's a good thing that you have a foundation of fundamentals from riding previous bikes. Correct. I would
0: say if this were my first bike, it would have been a very dangerous game. Okay. I would actually, yeah. I mean, if you think you're ready for it, I'm not going to tell anybody not to get a bike that they love. Buy it. But uh, it is definitely more power in the entire rev range and a lot of RPMs to play with That if you don't know what you're doing, you could get in trouble on that bike.
1: That's awesome. I can't wait to see it here. I've seen one photo, and then I guess you did share a couple of the listing photos, if you want to call them that, (laughs) with me right before we had a conversation here. But now I'm I'm concerned because you showed another photo, and you don't have much room. So we start talking about ideal shop, and I mean I think the first thing on your list would just be a shop having your (laughs) whole two car garage or three or whatever it is just for you. Oh, that's definitely
0: you know I. That's why we're talking ideal shop, oh. not current shop. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely crammed more bikes than expected into my little space that I got. Um, still have room to, to you know, rebuild the engines and, and do stuff, but I've basically got room to work on a bike. Right? It used to be I could work on a couple at a time, and, sure. and we're down to one bike space, everything else. And then one that's easily entrance and exit, You know, I can get in and out of for riding. One bike in build, and the rest have to be pretty well easily just into the corner. based
1: on what it looked like
0: oh, it comes in and out okay. without moving anything i
1: didn't say otherwise just that's about it
0: i was surprised when i did
1: <laughs> to be honest i uh, expected okay. to have
0: to move a lot more and then i was like oh if i just push the chicken wing over a little bit this goes right on in and just it's already winterized because i was gonna you know i've got that ready to drop the engine and do the timing chain so it's not like i had any need to go and you know refill everything with fuel Right. It's got a full tank and, and empty carbs. It's ready for, for some work. So, good. Works out. It'll fit in there. But yeah, the, the topic of the day, as if you, if you didn't listen last week, last week we talked a lot about how to pick the right shop and the difference between doing your own work or taking it to a shop. Right. Uh, so, we'll kind of hit the other side of that. Last week we talked about the right shop to go to. This week, let's talk about what to have in your own shop. Okay. To your point. Um, <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. Brad's going to die. <laughs> it's just too much to talk about it's too emotional for you sorry man ever since the shop loss of 1995 yeah the, don't bring uh, that up again but the important thing I agree is to have room in your shop okay I think that one of the number one things I have stared at and drooled over and could create the finances to own if I wanted uh, if I really wanted but I needed the space first would be a lift um, sure. And that's something that's always just been floating in the back of my mind i'd love a bike lift i'd love to not be sitting on a stool bending over while i'm even on a stool right got my little rolling stool it works great but if the bike could be right there at stool at head height sure when i'm on the stool oh my goodness how much easier would this be and how much more would i productive would i be how much more comfortable would it be all of the above it just looks
1: cool as well it yeah. does
0: and it gives you a nice place to store your bike when it's in work right yeah, you go out there and you know, hey, I have a platform that's ready to go. I don't have to worry about storing stuff other places.
1: Right,
0: right. Um, I think that's really important, but that goes to your point of
1: having room in the shop. Right. So, to that, how much shop do you need? I think need, you need... Because we can start talking crazy ideal. Let's try to keep this reined in on something that's yeah. a little bit more realistic. I think you need a
0: one-car garage.
1: Okay. And
0: you can fit everything you need to be a competent motorcycle, mechanic, customizer, whatever you want to be with your bike mm-hmm. in a one-car garage. Because a bike is so much smaller than a car, right? That's not... I sincerely hope that's not a shocker to anybody. Because it's so much smaller than a car, you can throw that in the middle of a one-car garage and still have your tools, even if you've got larger shop tools around the rim of that garage, Yeah, and have basically everything you need. Right? I think a one-car garage, if that's the shop, quote-unquote, space, if you've got a two-car garage, you got storage for the other one, right? You can fit... 11
1: bikes over in the other car spot
0: and have your one that you're working
1: on right now what about a container that's about that's a little bit larger but maybe narrower than a one-car garage i
0: think you could make that work it will be less comfortable what do you need you need room to park a bike
1: right
0: and walk full-shouldered flat flat flat-shouldered around it so what three feet all around a bike that's what you need is a bike in the middle and three feet around the bars right so, your bars are probably sticking out three feet. You need nine feet wide by uh, what, 14 feet long at most.
1: That's a long bike.
0: Well, that's enough to walk around, I store some tools, yes. keep a box of parts. That's probably what you need when it comes to need. You need
1: to have if you're going to be taking it apart. You need to be able to set your parts down yep. somewhere, whether it be on shelving or somewhere that it's out of the way, and you can continue to work on the bike. If you're taking things off, and now you're using the space you're standing in for that, right? That I mean, would be good.
0: I know people that use their office in their house. They have a spare room, use that to work on their bike. Sure, there's no harm in that. I mean, my wife would never have that. That would be a huge contention point in my home. Okay. But if that's the space you got, by all means, you know, line the floors with something that's oil-proof and waterproof and you'll be all right.
1: I say you start sharing the the, uh, office.
0: You guys are sharing the garage. I have built and cleaned and maintained many a component (laughs) within the home. (laughs) Uh, You
1: know,
0: hanging out with the kids, watching a movie, whatever we're doing, I'll go grab a set of carburetors, bring them in, clean them, polish them, replace parts. You know, do whatever needs to be done on the kitchen table. Line it with towels. I've got shop towels that are clean. The ones I actually throw in the wash. I'll line the table with towels. So I've got a nice, soft and clean surface, both for my parts not to get anything that might still be residual on the table. Also for any fluids from those parts to not get onto the table. It's protection on both sides. I've done that, you know, 10 times a year. I'll do something on the kitchen table and get scowled at from the corner when my wife comes home. Because right. it's just, you know, it's easy to hang out with the kids and still have that family time and work right there. Yeah, And if it's not a big part, right? I'm not going to necessarily rebuild an engine on the kitchen table. Sure. But something I can know I can...
1: I table can... is important. You yep. know, you start talking about that, having a workbench in that same space that you can sit down, have good lighting, and be able to work on things. I know that you mentioned doing it in the house, which is fair, but not everybody can do that, nor do we want to in all cases, depending yep. on what I'm cleaning. There's been many things that I would have never cleaned in the house. That's right. Even if I could have. And
0: In my shop, I've got a workbench, That I'll do a lot of that. Right.
1: So, I think that's important as far as what a shop needs. You need a place to be able to sit down, work on something. You don't want to be working on the ground the whole time. Correct. You need to have tools. Tools are pretty important. important. So, that's a deep, deep pocket of conversation. I I know. But what are we going to say at a minimum? Yeah. What do you need? You need Need at least... Yep. A full socket set. I think you need a basic mechanics set. A basic, and then you start from there, and then you work your way up. If I could have a full mechanics set, that would be great. But do I really need all those tools for motorcycling? No. No. Uh, For me, I do cars. I do a lot of other things around the house. I would use a lot more of it. But for motorcycles, you don't really need that. You're going to find, to our conversations that we had, to the point of our conversations we've had in the past, that you only need a certain amount of tools for most basic maintenance work on your bike.
0: I've got my torque wrenches and different things in the drawers that are kind of generic. I have one drawer on my toolbox. There's all the specialty tools for bikes, and that's all it requires. Yeah. Beyond my normal, you know, wrenches and sockets and sure. and the, you know, Allen wrenches and all that basic stuff that would come along anywhere. There's basically a drawer that's got, you know, a spoke wrench. Uh, you know, uh, in there, it's also for the vehicles. and You know, an OBD2 reader. It's got a, a, a stethys- mechanic stethoscope, so I can listen in on what's going on. Uh, spark plug gap checker slash adjuster. Um, apparently yeah, this place is going down below us here. Nobody can hear it. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, as you go to your point, you end up with that basic mechanics set. Then you'll get kind of what you need. And, and that's where we talked about this last week. So go back to last week to kind of understand that drawback of, when it might be financially worth taking in versus doing yourself. But, you know, you'll assemble the tools you need as you need them, right? If you need, you know, if you're doing your own fork repairs, then you'll need a seal puller. You'll need a seal driver. You'll need some specialty tools sometimes to charge the, the to pressurize your forks. Some of it is a little bit more specialized for your bike than someone else's bike. You know, usually the older you get, the more generic you can get tools for because they've been coming up with ingenious ideas to generically do that job for right. 20 years if you've got a brand new KTM chances are it's got to be apart from KTM right, right you know there's there's lots of things to take into account that you may need in your shop but the basic jobs I think most people should be able to do is I mean my favorite jobs to do maybe we'll go that route because everybody's got their own we're expertise we're talking about what your shop needs alright but that's what I'm saying okay, so, my so what do you jo- need for that I like doing my own tires okay. so I got tire spoons okay. I got a Truer slash uh, balance Wheel, right? Where I can throw it on. It takes a lot more time than if I had the mechanical wheel or uh, you know the full setup that you get at a tire shop.
1: Mm-hmm. They can do
0: it a lot quicker. But I and like being able to a little do bit that. More weight, probably because possibly of what you have, right? But it also works for the dirt bikes with regards to truing the spokes and all of that. Sure, right? It goes on, and I can check all that. So it's kind of a dual-purpose tool. I'd say for the shop, I guess getting into that a little deeper. That's another important thing if you're doing a home shop: okay. is get tools that function in multiple ways. If you can get a spoke wrench that has four different sizes built in, as opposed to buying four different spoke wrenches, even though it's a little bit more money, probably worth having in your home shop so you're not cluttering your shop. As long as it's functional. That's fair. I mean, we can get into the quality of tools, but that's a different conversation for Well, I
1: think it's important that you have something that you can rely on, yes, regardless of how much a person is going to spend on it. If you have experience with a tool that's or a brand of tools that's going to fail, don't don't go with it. Yeah, but there, for the most part, most cases, motorcycle wise, especially on motorcycles. The other thing I think is incredibly Mm
0: -hmm. important in a shop, uh, and this goes for professional, home, wherever. I think you need a torque wrench. Absolutely. Um, Too many times, especially on bikes, you'll find gasket leaks on the rear case because it wasn't torqued correctly. It was just torqued to what somebody hand thought. You'll find a lot of strip bolts, a lot of aluminum parts on bikes. Right. So and you're going to need inch pounds and probably foot pound. Yep.
1: You're going to need two torque wrenches. It's I would easy say. to strip
0: a bolt or do that damage if you're not going to the right torque. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, both of the GLs have issues with the chain tensioner bolt. One of them is not dis- destroyed, but it clearly over the last 10,000 miles has deteriorated more than it should have. Right. And I'm 100% positive that when I get that case off, and pull the bolt all the way out, there's going to be aluminum in that threads. Because of what I saw on the Gladiator, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that the chicken wing will have a very similar issue, just not catastrophic quite yet. Okay. So torque wrenches go a long way to make sure you're not doing more damage than good.
1: Right. Um, Lighting. Lighting is very important. I know I mentioned it over the bench, but uh, man, it makes a world of a difference if you've got light. I, Lots of light yeah. now. Laboratory light for examining patients, maybe not. I mean, if you look into the different levels, you kind of understand what I'm saying. But, but you need to be able to see one individual light, a bulb in the yep. corner or in the middle. It ain't going to cut it because your shadow is, is going to be too large. So my shop had two regular bulbs, right? One on each side, you know,
0: right down the middle. One on each side. One right. in each bay. Yeah. And I have replaced that with four long. LED, you know, kind of halogen replacements, right? The right. big long LEDs. And it is a world of difference. Right. I mean, I'd even
1: argue that you could have another one. I could
0: go more. Probably two, connect. and it would be But I awesome. will say that it's unless
1: it's midsummer, there is light radiating from my windows on my garage. On that my was the other door. thing I was gonna say is having garage door windows or windows in general to get in some natural light, even though once you're in there and working, you're gonna it's not gonna be a big deal. It's really nice to be able to walk into a garage in the middle of the night, or maybe not in the middle of the night, but throughout the day, and be able to go in and do something quickly, or grab something, whatever the case may be, or if the electricity goes Am out, I, whatever it is. Shop door motor has a light on it, and that's what I go for. I don't even turn lights on when I go out, for that reason. There's just a little bit of light from that motor, right. so a the light on the back, works great. Yeah. So... That's more of a pet peeve, I guess, in my instance. But natural light being able to get into the shop is nice. The, the thing is that that light, depending on what you're working on, what you have, your valuables, what kind of a neighborhood you're in, those those windows need to be high. They need to be correct not easily viewable or accessible to enter the building. Correct. One other thing that I find a lot of value in
0: is height is a a taller now this is going if you're building or picking a new shop or right this is harder to do if you already have a shop I'm glad you value me but I am taller a taller ceiling oh on the shop I found has made having had very short (laughs) ceilings you know just whatever the basic garage height is to now having taller shop ceilings world of difference especially when you're moving stuff around Mm -hmm. you can just go above and beyond whatever you need to be
1: I can see that being really important it all depend I mean you're gonna be lifting up the motorcycle. The height of the motorcycle matters. If you're wanting to get it up three feet, now you got that on top of the other, you're at least at six feet now, I imagine. So sure. I can understand that.
0: I just you know, being able to as I mentioned, carry things over top and if you're moving something while you've got a bike in work, you've got that space to, to work, that storage space goes higher, that's a lot nicer to have for to your point, putting parts away, putting tools away, whatever it is, yeah. having some shelving that goes a little higher has some value. So I think that's really important. Um, I mean, yeah, so far we've talked about tools that you need. Um, That's kind of specific to everybody. The shop size that you need, that's important. And a good bench to work on, good lighting. Uh, One of the big things that I see that you need to have to have a good motorcycle shop is a motorcycle. Oh. Yeah. I think if you're working on motorcycles, you need a motorcycle to work on. I think that if you want to get into working on vehicles... There's a huge perk to motorcycles because the low cost of owning a motorcycle that needs a little bit of work sure. really allows you to kind of get into that game. And the risk of not knowing what you're doing or screwing something up on a bike you got for $300 right, on an 80s dirt bike, then you know, you're know you really at a low list. Well, risk. Well, the risk is your you life, I guess, right? After doing the work, I guess. Right. But while you're working on it, your ability to learn and and, and grow, I mean, that's a cheap education.
1: Right. Now, and I think that, yeah, you start off with those. And then as you progress and you start working on new things, then start getting some of the other equipment. But for me, there, there's a lot of different things that are beneficial to have. And it, so, so having a grinder, having a drill, having a lot of, you know, having a welder in your shop and being able to have... Uh, the voltage that you need coming out of the wall and having outlets throughout the room. And those kind of things are also important. That's true. But it all depends on to what extent that you were wanting to get into for your shop. That's important for me. And that's what I'm striving towards getting into my large carport. Um, not only for motorcycles, but for automotive stuff as well.
0: That's one of the, yeah. And that's fair. One of the big things I've gotten, it kind of goes into that cheap education as I, on mine, I want to make sure that it's a dedicated space for what it is. And that's right now, it's not. Yeah, And that's a struggle I have that it's shared with other family needs.
1: That's why I mentioned the container earlier. Yep. I know that
0: you've talked about that in the past. As to me, well, the container
1: would be more of a place to put the other family needs. Sure, but you. Equally, it could be that if you're using your garage for your and your spouse's cars, let's say, or two of your own nice cars or whatever the case may be, having something that you can put in the backyard, yes, it's large, maybe not beautiful by any means, but set it up to have power, to have lights, to have your tools and a bench and other things in it, I think that would work out good. That would not be that bad.
0: I think it would solve, solve a lot of the issues, but... To so that point of having a dedicated space is, I think, the important for me is, is space. I like the idea of where the kids can sit and watch and come hang out and not be in the middle of what's happening. You have well, the dog yeah, out want there. Well, them in the middle. Well, they can be in the middle for the points that they can be in the middle. But certain things, they need to be able to have space to still be there and involved without being in it. Um, having the dog out there without having to be right up on everything. Having a friend come over and have space for both of you to sit or, or spend that time. So I think that having that space for it to be your space, for your motorcycle shop, your motorcycle space, or car, whatever, right? This doesn't just – this translate
1: well to anything you do in the garage. Um, it does help to be a dedicated. I agree. I can see that. For me, I do a lot of different projects. So that's tough. But for an ideal shop, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's similar to the
0: kitchen. You wouldn't necessarily have family movie night in the kitchen.
1: Right. Motorcycle posters on the wall.
0: Sure. That would be nice. I have a lot of old parts that I couldn't get rid of because they're cool and that I've hung up on the wall. Old, old uh, motocross handlebars. I've got a rear fender. Mm-hmm. Got some grills from vehicles I've owned a, a Ford grill, a Jeep grill, different things to kind of remember that
1: history on the wall as art. Right. Right. I think that that adds a nice little touch to it. Maybe a refrigerator in there or something, maybe. I mean, that, you know, keep your Dr. Pepper cold. That's right. But, uh, I think that touches the basis on a basic must have shop. It can always go from there. Having a lathe, having, you know, other specialty tools, um, an end mill of some sort. Those would be awesome. But, I think sticking to the fundamentals would be ideal, starting off. Now... Get the motorcycle. To your point there, Ooh, what are the top
0: three things you would have, ideally? What are those ideals, top three ideals for you? No necessarily, not necessarily any specific order, but three big things that would be ideal in your shop. Mm. Maybe unattainably, cost-wise, or size-wise, or whatever.
1: Dino. Okay. You're going to throw that out. That's a good choice. Yeah. Um, I would say an end mill and a lathe. Those would probably be the other two, just off the top of my head, not thinking in advance about this. What about for you? End mill, lathe, and plasma cutter are the three big tools I'd like to have, CNC plasma. Okay. Those are the three things I think I could basically build or make anything with. Well, I have a CNC plasma table. We just need to fix it together, and then you can use it. I know. Again, we go into that space issue. You're, that's going to be an issue no matter what. I don't in your current uh, got to have a 40 setup. by 40 shop. Okay? Well, I can
0: build it. Yeah. You well, have to drive through it to get to the garage. I guess I'd have to have a 40 by 40 space online. to put it in.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh ideally that would be the next the next item. Um but yeah, getting into all of that really everybody kind of can pick what they want.
1: Yeah, but what, is, um, what do our listeners think, though? That's what I really want to know. What do does everybody that's hearing this right now, what do you need in your shop? What do you, what do you, you want in your shop? shop? What did we miss? And you're yeah. going, you guys are idiots. That's what we need to know right now. That's true.
0: Definitely, uh, you know, you definitely let us know. Facebook, Patreon. Those are our two most commonly uh, checked locations. Find us on Instagram and all the other locations. But if you check out, Slacker Moto on Facebook, Slacker Moto Radio specifically, uh, on on Facebook and Patreon. Let us know what you've got, what you wish you had, what we should have mentioned that we didn't uh, in this episode and all episodes. Uh, Check out our previous episodes, definitely rate, review, share with your friends. Appreciate you listening, Uh, appreciate everybody's support, Uh, looking at setting up another year for our storage fees and all of that, so check out our Patreon page. Uh, we are slowly adding new incentives and things like that as as time goes on to help uh, help see if we can get some support to keep the lights on in here. So please check it out if you can. We'd love any help we can get, and uh, look forward to talking to
1: everybody next week. My shop would have been better, but till next time, ride on.